<laughs> we got a lot of episodes to do, I guess. You yeah, sure we, I just record those after you guys stop. I just talk into the microphone for my benefit. <laughs> do you do our voices oh, yeah. too? Well, do you be on Patreon now? Well, I'll tell you, Tom. <laughs> I want to be in this episode more. Sarah, no, get out of here. <laughs> for Paragon Marathon by my beautiful boyfriend, wonderful talent, Cal Lewis, uh, lead singer of The Wicked High. Thank you so much. Welcome to Paragon Marathon. I'm Sarah, and my milkshake brings the war boys to the yard, and they're like, this is a gross song. Oh, shit. She had a great line. You had a secret, really good line. Oh, hey, marathoners, I'm your make love, not war boy, Dan. <laughs> Two good lines. Yes. Yeah, okay. I'm Tom. Imagine me standing in a wasteland desert and stepping on a lizard and then putting it in my mouth. <laughs> that's that's my intro. It always comes back to war with you. Have you noticed? <laughs> <laughs> Zoom in on lizard. I am the lizard. <laughs> oh wow like you don't need you don't need any time you just you have that in your mind you have that at the ready (laughs) no that's appropriate that's a visceral start for a visceral hard hitting action packed (laughs) thrill ride you guys see those cars they go so fast (laughs) y'all we haven't said mad max fury road yet that's what this is We're doing a woman! More specifically, we are interested in looking at Furiosa, the real hero of the film. That's right, we said it. Sorry, Ben Shapiro. (laughs) (laughs) A big part that I was excited about this podcast was the chance to look at like more female characters because I know they're getting analyzed more now and we have much more diverse range now it wasn't like that for the last 20 years i was growing up so i'm excited to you know, learn more and um this was probably the best movie to use as a resource for that because wow yeah not hell yeah like it was glamorous old hollywood days when like classic divas were the headliners have <laughs> movies mm-hmm. about women sort of been the thing it's kind of you know well even then it was also like when am i gonna find a husband or i sleep with everyone lemon to play a trombone in a silly way on the side of the stage exactly like it was it was these are different roles that women are getting now that we have to look at because this is new for us and we need to start examining it in a very particular way. That makes way. it sound so like you're so afraid excited. of it and like where it's attacking our I'm conservative so values. Afraid. <laughs> yeah. Don't be afraid. I'm, <laughs> I'm just so tired of like every time we look at a character um, in a movie, like an action movie, it's always like a girl who, you know, doesn't really have that much agency or like 
a good backstory in any way. It's like, I'm here to sleep with the lead. Yeah, the sexy And maybe way. shoot a gun a couple mm-hmm. times. And like, it's not enough for me. And I'm excited to look at something different than that. Yeah. Which uh, we will find. Because, yeah, this is a bummer. And this movie is not a bummer. This movie is like <laughs> a fucking spray knockout face thrill ride can of adrenaline <laughs> this is like my favorite fucking action movie that i have basically ever All seen time. in my life like it is literally my favorite action movie it it goes so hard that. it is perfectly edited the writing is amazing in part because it is almost not there at yeah, all like, like like in terms of dialogue sorry yeah <laughs> yeah like uh, the the action is framed so meticulously and perfectly oh, yeah. and the characters are totally rad and do things that seem both hard, interesting, and like super admirable, especially if we're talking about Furiosa. Oh, yeah, and I want to talk about what cool character motifs we get out of this fantastic, brilliantly colored desert landscape. But also, I just wanted to talk about how like it's a genre defining thing where you're like, oh, it's a movie that's got some car chases or whatever, like in another case. And that's One sort of like chase. thought of as. This sort of throwaway, get butts in seats, Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to pay out of his own pocket to have the Terminator crash this semi-truck kind of thing. <laughs> this movie's like, no, the whole time is going to be one big car chase, and it's very central to the plot, and it rules. And it rules. It rules. They have a dedicated guy for metal. It's literally metal. Like, the most metal thing I've ever seen. It, it basically is. It like scientifically is. Yeah, the <laughs> world has ended and this guy has bungee cords in a guitar rig that shoots fire as he plays harder. Also, he was born with no eyes. <laughs> you say that like I didn't you know that. extra material on Guitarman. Well, you see his eyes and he doesn't have eyes. Oh yeah, I, I figured a lot of could do that to you, Wasteland. <laughs> Well, I mean, radiation. Yeah, all right. Desert what do you lizards. think, listeners? I think it's pretty clear he was born without eyes. <laughs> and I'm saying you can't know the story of his life by opening it up and reading the middle page. That's true. Uh, That's true. I have no invested thoughts in where his eyes came from or went. <laughs> I think it's worth saying, just in case we forget to say it uh, in the movie section, but like vis a vis car chases, pretty much every car chase I can think of in a movie is not only like secondary to the events of the film and whatever the film has to say, it's but it's like actively a waste of time. Like nothing happens. It is. Ironically, all aspects of character and plot development screech to a halt and cars drive around for a little while. Oh, it's, and this movie's like <gasps> literally the opposite. It's, it's incredible. Exactly. I was thinking we were talking about the broad strokes of genre of what this film contains. And there's some like cool, uh, you know, motifs you can trace back through samurai and western films but like the town is sort of this rolling semi-truck full of ladies and freedom instead of just like a static location i really like that. oh interesting mm-hmm. for the cowboy motif yeah like and it you know it works with like a wagon train as well it can be one of those stories too i suppose but most you know clint eastwood movies are a lot slower than this for a lot of reasons, yeah. So maybe it's worth saying, if you haven't seen Fury Road before for some reason, like, I don't know why you're listening to this. I don't know why you haven't seen the movie. Why are you like, here? Work. This is I your can't, moment. Can't, but now, yeah. when you get <laughs> This home. is your moment to understand that it is built different and it is not what you think it is based on advertising. And uh, just go watch it and then come back right here. Right here, right now. Uh, Welcome back. Let- I missed you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so. It's been ages. Yeah. <laughs> Whose hands are these? 
I want to do but with that in mind, every episode. maybe we should, we should, yes, please. Bring Starting now. Scream. Sing for me. Sing for me. Oh, uh, man. How do we get back to Phantom of the Opera? So yeah, quick. when can we do Phantom? Yeah, we'll <laughs> do a Gerard <laughs> Butler episode. <laughs> Shall we do the plot? Yeah, let's say we can start the podcast now. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna do Furiosa, and we're gonna we're gonna focus on her. But we are so this like what a synopsis of Fury Road, uh, or like a plot yeah. summary. First of all, so okay, so I don't have to be the one that does this, but I'm willing to do it. Someone want to summarize the entire plot? Yeah, I can do yeah. it. Do it. Are you are you ready? All right, join me on the Fury Road. So we start with plot Max. summary. Starts oh, now. okay. Go. Uh, 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 <laughs> Sarah, where are you going okay. yet? <laughs> he, he eats a lizard! And I forget everything. You're damn right. The he, Tom lizard. So he eats... We zoom in on Max. He eats a lizard. We see that he's still in the desert. He immediately gets captured by the war boys. So he ends up at the Citadel. And he's being used as a blood bag because he's a universal donor. Important. So he ends up with Nux, one of the war boys, going out to chase after Furiosa. Earlier, we see Furiosa uh, going to the gas town to go load up her amazing huge semi-truck and a couple other helpers to go get gas um, in trade for like resources and stuff. So she's on her way. We quickly find out that she actually stole the wives of like the god king that rules the citadel. Immortan Joe. Um, Immortan Joe. So he takes the wives, or she takes the wives, um, basically to escape. And um, uh, Max is part of this team, uh, just as a blood bag, like as a donor to this cancerous boy, going out in a big war team to go get <laughs> the war teams yeah. <laughs> to go get the wives back basically for a Morton joke because like we see that he really wants an heir who isn't disgusting and mutated like everyone else is in the world right now mm-hmm. yeah because it the movie also has the flashback or like reminiscence of like this isn't the first time Mad Max has had a movie we're not gonna dwell on it too hard but you we're not get gonna dwell that it's on. a radioactive wasteland and he has let people down before Exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, it doesn't work out. She ends up driving into this horrible tornado and um, to get away from the pursuing army. To get away from the army, uh, everything gets fucked, and uh, Max ends up getting able to separate from him and Nux. Like he gets freed from Nux, and he takes his boot. Plot point. Boots I don't know important. if it matters or not. Boots, boots important. Boots important. There is an economy of boots. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that this time through. I knew the boot he- happened, but. <laughs> he manages to sneak up on um, Furiosa and the war rig that escaped successfully, but is like, you know, paused in the desert to recover a little bit from that horrible sandstorm because there are just sandstorms all the time now. Yeah, uh, standard wasteland weather patterns. And we like see it's all these wives with these gross chastity belts covered in like Immortan, Immortan Joe's teeth, which like, wow, what, <laughs> oh. <laughs> what a visual. Uh, he sneaks up on them and kind of takes over and gets Furiosa to drive the war rig with him in it to, like, you know, escape the, these terrible people. Mm-hmm. So they're escaping. There are more fights. They <laughs> uh, keep trying to escape to get to this green place that she remembers from her past. Um, 
and it turns out it doesn't exist. But they do find the people that she used to be part of, these this group of women called the Vavalani. The Vaval the Vuvalini. <laughs> <laughs> Vuvalini. The Vuvalini. Uh, <laughs> the the land of the mothers or the many mothers. And um she finds out that her old childhood home is gone, so she can't really save these girls the way she wanted to. They have a moment of crisis, and they decide to either if they should just keep driving hopelessly out into the undefined waste, or go back and try to take control of the society and you know yeah. that that has oppressed them. Yeah, and so they do that, and there's a big dramatic fight where they have to basically beat the people who've been chasing them, and they come back. And uh, Furiosa is put in charge of like a new society there in place of Immortan Joe, and Max leaves. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Now you don't have to exactly. See Thanks, everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. Great episode. Good, Good night. All right. What follows is fifty-nine minutes of advertisements. So, <laughs> <laughs> my pillow <laughs> again. Stop fascism. <laughs> sponsor us first the one most desperate you like. know we can wait i think <laughs> <laughs> just pass paragon marathon at gmail.com slash my pillow. yeah gmail what professionals use <laughs> the choice of professionals oh man yeah. <laughs> all right that's the plot so yeah it doesn't sound like a huge saga on paper, but I do want to say, like, it is truly epic. It's sweeping. It it's missing. Like this movie does so much, and I am so excited to get in and talk about why I like the pretty pictures. It is it is super classical, though. Like, that intro is warranted. Uh, it, this is, like, a very dramatic, sweeping epic of a story. Like, it is about uh, Furiosa a fallen a general yeah. a slave general who betrays general. her emperor who betrays like which the is god king yeah yeah i sort of frame that like it's a trope and i don't think it's quite a trope but it is it is pretty familiar certainly it's in a lot of final fantasies <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is canon <laughs> the same thing is the western canon final they're fantasy, definitely yeah. aware of the hero's journey i mean yeah, yeah. so but but so yeah, so at the beginning of the movie, we everything is framed with Max. Um, and I ultimately do think that, like, in this technical, uh, esoteric capacity that really can't be said to matter very much in the end. <laughs> but please, I, I think... Expand on that. Because <laughs> why wouldn't I? <laughs> I think that Max is the protagonist because, uh, as Lindsay Ellis said, um, his... Uh, uh, growth defines the structure of the story mm-hmm. and that sort of makes and he's our he's our point of view he's there at the beginning and the end so like yeah on a technical in, does that make sense like, yeah totally we had, uh, in planning this episode you threw around the word apostolic a lot uh the idea of this is apostolic fiction yeah, yeah exactly and i think that really fits the framework well because uh furios uh, is the one who says like i want redemption she like falls to her knees when she thinks all hope is lost and it's like yep. not for me but for them kind of stuff so uh it's more important for and like mm. that witnessing the change in furiosa is what makes max decide to like commit and get involved at a point where yeah. he could walk away and he says no you know my wasteland experience has told me that there's nothing out there in the world if they're gonna have any chance of survival they have to go home and settle things once and for all with immortanjo yeah. 
with oh, some actual witnessed, redemption. He witnessed her. Yeah. He did. He witnessed. Ooh. That's oh, what that's, friends that's do. a whole thing though. That's, that's, that's like literally is, yeah. a thing when a character, like, and not not even the war boy thing, but there's like these explicit moments where characters will look each other in the eyes and suddenly yeah. be like, "Oh no, that's not a because this is the necropolitics stuff. Like that is not like a yeah. slave. That's not a dead person. That's not an object. Oh no, it's a person. <laughs> and personhood and body autonomy is like." the biggest shit in this movie I, it's so hard for me to not get ahead of myself like that but yeah um <laughs> yeah i see where you're going yeah so, it's so we cool. could we could do the hero's journey for both max and furiosa or we could just do max but um, no, no, Fur- no, no furiosa is who we're talking about today yeah. and i think she does line up with some of those parts yeah no we're focusing on furiosa for sure so like okay if maybe it's worth bringing up her her shit before the movie, then if we're gonna frame her that way here, or, or yeah, that's sure. a great idea. Show your work. Let's do that. So, so her name, the character's name is Imperator Furiosa, right? Like we meet her when Max is brought into this society. That's how we slowly we expand out from his new like slavery, lack of personhood, blood bag existence into the rest yeah, of the society. Seeing this place seeing, from mm-hmm. the bottom up, essentially. Yes. Yeah, he's not a person. Mm-hmm. Um, George Miller's movies are all about body autonomy and necropolitics. It's totally fascinating. Wow. We'll talk about that later. That sounds like a dark wizard running for office, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Vermin Supreme. <laughs> That's what all libertarian candidates really are. I knew it. <laughs> this is the future liberals want. Uh, okay, so... so when we do finally see Imperator Furiosa, it's in the beginning of this, like, preparing for war, drums are going, like, the the chariots are being readied and people are being armed, um, while the wretches with nothing gather around below. Her title is the first thing we hear. She's an Imperator, which is a Roman military honorific, like, from the Roman Empire. It just meant, like, commander or commanding person during the Republic, but eventually, like, um, it's where we get the word emperor, and later Roman emperors would use it as, like, one of their, like, 90 titles, right? Cool. Like, they had, like, a bunch of things, but, like... so Interesting. It, it, it kind of means emperor, well, yeah, but it also doesn't necessarily... It has a literal like, meaning and a cultural context, like, Centurion was, like, in charge of a hundred guys. Sent, yeah. right? And, yeah, but it also now, in our mind, has the context of, like, oh, you mean a cool Roman guy. There's one in Doctor <laughs> Who, Yes. <laughs> dates Karen Julian. I am familiar. This means like officer, yeah, like military officer. And yeah, so Imperator's like a commander. So so she gets this aura of command and dignity immediately. Um, we see her just like walking around preparing her war rig. It's so fucking cool that this so wasteland is cool. basically like like admiralty, like like naval battles, but the ocean is sand and the ships are cars. Like and hers, oh, she's yeah. in charge of this enormous truck with all of these things attached to it and the way they move around on the truck like swinging the doors out where both of them shoot that guy at the same time and like Uh, climbing around underneath it like it is a ship it is a galley and that is the coolest flipping thing in the world i never thought of that Mm -hmm. that is wonderful the aesthetic is so Uh, well thought out and like practical in this world too like the spiky biker boys at first i was like oh they're like hedgehog folks but then you see how much jumping onto other people's vehicles is sort of part of fighting yeah it makes a lot of sense same with it the, really does. the polecat guys that were definitely one the of the polecat guys. That's so, yeah, oh, that's so, so like naval battle to me. I love it. Yeah, you got big swangy poles for people to swoop down in and scoop folks right out the truck cab. <laughs> oh. You just, you're mostly just yipping at them. You're like, yee hee hee 
<laughs> yeah, you're, you know, you probably don't have as much of like a quota of like, how much stuff did you get done in the war today? I was like, ah, oh, you know, passive buffs. I made sure everyone knew the atmosphere was creepy and weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's the job for me. Absolutely. Oh, oh so we're wow. gonna we're gonna get sidetracked to the aesthetic all the time, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Rules. This movie just deserves infinite celebration mm-hmm. for that shit. But so what I was gonna say is like it immediately sets up Furiosa as this like you know high high ranking person, like basically just outside of Joe's like family, the family that rules are these impurators. And so reading about the this is not in the movie, but if we're looking at Furiosa's hero's journey. Her background is she was captured as a slave and her mother was killed from that place when she was a little child, like 20, exactly 20 years before. Um, she is a wife. She's meant to be a wife, but she is yeah. uh, she is unable to conceive a child. And so she is thrown away, basically, um, by Joe's society. Uh, Which makes perfect sense because everyone was like, she's... Charlize Theron exactly. and she wasn't a wife like what is going on here <laughs> right it's and pro- some people it, thought it might be the arm that like Immortan Joe requires like a perfect vessel for his offspring but like it it makes sense that she was and yeah. that it just didn't work out that and way and it, it's true that it wasn't defined specifically before these like sort of approved prequel comics so it's it's you know who knows what George Miller actually conceived of specifically the artist is dead we will make our own decisions (laughs) (laughs) the arm to me is an interesting thing and it is important how she loses that arm um but so in the comic she she has her arms when she's abducted she is you know they call her baron and so she's thrown away and like she tries to she shaves her head and tries to prove herself as like a war boy and at first people just don't know that she's not a boy and then eventually she's like sort of becoming a a badass and so she gets taken under the wing of another imperator like another of the generals Mm -hmm. um and in her 20 years of fighting she loses her arm somewhere sure um and eventually she supplants that guy when that guy dies or whatever she gets promoted up to imperator for her like mm-hmm. loyal service and ability so the important part in terms of her hero's journey is that once she's made an imperator uh you remember rictus he's yeah. the biggest big boy, boy yeah. rictus <laughs> rictus erectus. i had a baby brother i had a baby brother and he was beautiful <laughs> he was perfect, <laughs> he was he was perfect. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> he's kind of like with so many characters in this movie hit this really weird but like really like sublimely interesting and unique <laughs> sort of tone where you're like what the fuck is going on but like <laughs> what the fuck this guy's it's so like, neat yeah it's so novel yeah like so his name is rictus erectus and he's like the next in line to the throne and he's like a moron um and uh he can't be trusted with the wives he keeps trying to uh like have sex with them and beat them up Ugh. um so yeah. joe is like Furiosa is a woman. Uh, she can be in charge of the wives. And also, he trusts her a lot, but it's still like this sort of, you know, inherently misogynistic decision or whatever. Sure. So, mm-hmm. Furiosa hates them. Yeah. She resents it. She's like, these women are so soft and pathetic. Oh, no. Um, they're not, you know, this is not what the world is. I resent having to waste my talent protecting them. And then, very quickly, they, like, most of this comic is about them bonding and finding a respect for one another and like her mind changing and her ultimately deciding to take them away. It makes so much sense that she would want to distance herself from the thing that she used to be or was potentially going to be of like a breeder for 
Immortancho, which is so disgusting and horrifying. Like that must have been the most terrifying experience of her life, probably even like before going through war and stuff. I mean, I can't, I honestly can't compare that. I have no idea, but like, and then having to watch these women get raped by this horrifying man over and over again. Like I I hate using that word, but that's literally what was happening. Like they were being used as a womb for Immortanjo's baby. Cement like Mm -hmm. his weird mythical society. We don't know how he has come to control the only resource, but he becomes like a church leader of a town, like a, not oligarchy. What's the one for religion? Religious oligarchy. Religious oligarchy could work, sure. Uh, (laughs) Like he doesn't control just like, uh, uh, every resource goes through him. Like sort of religious knowledge and he has like, final say over the afterlife in the minds of the people as well yeah it's and, all cult leader stuff yeah so one interesting thing is that uh part of the life he's giving his wives is like an education in some things from the old world and that is why they sort of learn what they do about personhood and about like you know the oh no that yeah i know <laughs> i also big mistake to joe talk about how like when they leave they've left uh you know graffiti over their place uh things yeah. that, like who killed the world like they have been learning and questioning their society and say that like this is awful the people in charge are the like responsible for this kind of conflict yeah. fuck y'all mm-hmm. uh very relevant and i think it'll tie really nicely with the feminist and argument w- well we, we are, are not things, things. we're not yeah. things that's also a very good message and that's i think personhood mm-hmm. and i think agency. we are not things is explicitly the same uh like theme statement of babe <laughs> yeah his, his other movie oh my god uh, his other movie these two yeah. stand next to each other i know oh that's so good babe slaps yeah that'll babe does slap George Watch Miller. <laughs> this damn. also i just we, we this might not be important but just to share so the the way that it happens in the comic like the moment that furiosa and the wives actually like connect um and become friends is uh when Splendid and ha- what's her name? The Splendid Ang Herod, Ang Herod, Splendid. People call her right. Splendid. Because, yeah, Splendid. Is she the? I really like Ang Herod. One, I can't remember. She's the most pregnant, but they are all pregnant. Oh, yeah. Uh, or, or at least many of them are pregnant. Okay, yeah. She's like trying to give herself an abortion. Um, yeah. And she like hurts herself or almost hurts herself, and Furiosa stops her, and. Uh, She's, like, mad at her for not appreciating how luxurious her life is. But then, like, it becomes clear to her what the stakes are, I guess, mm-hmm. in some way. Um, and, and that's a good moment. Like, it, I, I, that seems like the coolest. Well, well I think that's a it good seems like the most interesting thing to show to a people. ruthless person, like, gaining compassion, especially, like, probably from addressing, like, the things that I despise yeah. about you are reflections of my own perceived weakness. And, like, yeah. the reason I had to live my life the way I am and get so hard and nasty. Yeah. Also, cool points for showing like sort of a militarized person like that reconnect with and like reflect on the type of person who is not a militaristic person. Like, yeah, the type of person that you're ostensibly protecting, but that you're so disconnected from that it's hard to relate to. Exactly. Um, And it's who she could have been. Yeah. And again, who she should have been when she like she should have never been sold or captured in the first place. Like. Ideally, she would have been with her family this entire time, and that would have been a similar life she led, probably, of, like, some comfort and, like, some... Murder. Distance from murder and, like, violence all the time, but instead she had to become this, like, war vet that all she knows is this, like, patriarchal system of oppression 
Uh, the yeah. mutated in women. Yeah. Life is cheap. Gasoline is expensive. I can't believe that water isn't a bigger factor in this movie. Yeah. Like there's a couple. Dude, it's a pretty big factor. It, it, it is like conceptually, but I mean like there are just shots of like hoses running out onto the sand and I am so stressed. I'm like, there's a limited supply. You can't be yeah. wasting <laughs> Aquacola. Aquacola. Oh. That's what it's called, Dan. It's That's Aquacola. what it's called. Yeah. I did not understand that. There are so many just little, like he tried to do, and apparently with the other Mad Max movies as well, this very real thing that language does as like if if connections were severed Mm -hmm. and societies got more insular and smaller, like the way that language changes, you keep elements from different slang and languages and it would be like from advertisements and stuff. So like some of it's silly. I'm just also, (laughs) I couldn't hear so much of this goddamn movie. (laughs) Like, oh, it's so, yeah, I need better speakers, I suppose. There's some good lines. Uh, Uh, There's some really weird lines, but like, yeah, yeah, it's very cute. Contribute to like reinforcing a very cool worldview he clearly had before he started this whole project. Totally. But they, and they never quite go, you can overstep with that, like authenticity in your world building that just makes the modern, the actual listener or viewer just like, fucking what? Like, I can't, like Tom Hanks, I can't effortlessly decode this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Oh my God. You just can't, you can't look past it. (laughs) I always think of, um, unobtainium like that's really what you want to call it Mm -hmm. is that the avatar one or that's the avatar one one. uh yeah the marvel ones were at least thought up by like guys from the 40s who were a little more ahead of the curve than okay so like furiosa yeah furiosa so that's that's the background before the movie starts the movie starts she as sarah said is like taking the wives in the war rig secretly yeah, this is her, the reactive side of it, as oppo- or the proactive as opposed to reactive. She is the impetus for the action starting. She says, it's time to go. No more of this nonsense. Yeah, she is the impetus for the action. It also, so like, if we're looking at Hero's Journey Steps, which we don't have to, you know, dutifully go through, like her call to adventure is what we talked about, where like she's asked <laughs> for help from the wives, like doesn't appear on screen. Refusal happens in that moment. And then they crossing the threshold would be. So what is the threshold? Yeah, like committing I, maybe with this, the, the wives in the tow instead of like the ammo or whatever she was supposed to have. Yeah, the point that she is it, like maybe the point where she is discovered by her like lieutenant to be in open rebellion. Yeah, right. Uh, or or just the moment that she gets on the war rig and drives away because it's like the die is cast. Basically, the wives are in there. Mm-hmm. Like there's no coming back from that again the yeah, icing is incredible like we see her plan unfold with max like still sort of just tied to shit uh or i guess before that yeah, yeah. <laughs> it all rules uh let's see i if we go through my notes i have milk play in the blue desert which Ew. i know is just so wild Dan. look i didn't Oof. make the movie I didn't say Tom Hardy. <laughs> Go dip your head in that nasty stuff. I know. He rubs it all over. Uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, I've been so deep in Dune stuff lately that desert survival uh, is so at the forefront of my mind. You gotta <laughs> dunk your head in the water. You just gotta. Like, the first part of the movie, hmm. uh, once we've left, like, Max is involved because he's on the war rig of, or on the car of this war boy who's chasing Furiosa who is escaping. Um, I, it's hard for me to not just say like, I love this, I love this, I love this. I Everything's great with that, yeah. Yeah, no, I do, I do love all this of it. This is an enthusiast's um, podcast above all else. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I did read an interesting take. Uh, well, I learned that George Miller apparently really does like the Greek classics. Um, and then I read an interesting take that was saying that Nux was like Achilles and Max was Odysseus. Mm-hmm. And it, uh-huh. it, like, I think the Odysseus thing does really land for me with Max because, like, again, this is like a big ocean. Uh, yep. And he's on an you know, you can, already. Yeah. Yeah. You can sort of look at Max outside this movie. He's this character who's sort of like traveling. Like, is this a, a sequel or like a reboot? Like, it's both, like, or neither. He's been on this journey for a long time. He's like super wayward. And yeah. Odysseus fits. That, that's yeah, enough. He survives by, you know, not just being the strongest, but clever and, uh, you know wise in the ways of the desert instead of like sailing which is also the sea yeah in this the nux's achilles thing like i don't think it's the strongest but there's a couple points i think you can connect uh like the way achilles knew or was sort of given the option beforehand of live a long and forgettable life or go to troy and be remembered as the greatest hero of all time die historic on the fury road exactly also the way that Nux goes and takes out Ajax, not Ajax, he's like Ajax. <laughs> but basically, right? oh saying. shit, Hector, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're not Ajax, uh, right? Ah. Hector and Rectus even sound similar. Yes, that's the kind of thing that would give me partial credit, at least on an essay. Yeah. Eric Bana's Hector was a sweet, soft man. <laughs> <laughs> he just loved praying and not he, being murdered. And uh, He only kicked ass when he needed to. Yep. Except that one time. <laughs> Sure, sure. But this isn't a Hector cast. Darn. We haven't done any of the Troy boys. But again, Nux, Nux is, sucks harder yeah. than Achilles. Achilles is naturally great at everything. And Nux is just like, I know I'm going to die young, so here I go. Yeah, he has a he more compelling good at a lot, though. He's good at driving yeah. and gas spitting, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying Achilles like, is just, a superhero. He spits <laughs> gas. He, tur- he drives backwards oh. yeah, he's amazing. as fast as possible. He also, like... He makes the jump, even though he like gets fucked the next time, and then Immortan Joe is so mean about it. Like, oh, me- mediocre. That is a really but- beautiful scene, or like it's just great. Oh, totally. Beautiful is not the right word. You, your God just said, "Yeah, man, you do this for me, I'll do you the ultimate solid," and you biff it so hard. Yeah, <laughs> and he doesn't usually. He yeah. he is a capable and clever boy. He is uh, once he you know sort of has a moment to look outside himself a bit from losing everything. Uh, he really comes around and is a good boy. Sarah, to maybe tee you up for more feminist takes, uh, I like <laughs> the idea of Max and Nux being these sort of two different prevailing opinions, you see. Where Max is yeah. sort of an isolationist at first, originally being like, oh, I don't have to care about big systemic problems, I care about me. Ho-ho! Right? That's what equality means to me. That's tasty, <laughs> Dan. Wild. Yeah. Uh, and Nux is, you know, a meninist who uh, <laughs> doesn't see until much later in the film that the patriarchy is hurting him as well. And like his. Oh, yeah, that's what I. Yeah. Th- I definitely wrote him off as like uh, incel meninist men's rights <laughs> yeah. cuck boy who, yeah, th- idolizes violence. And then afterwards, when he realizes that he could get a girlfriend and like have some love in his life, he's like, fuck yeah. that. Never and that, like, oh, these aren't just like objects <laughs> of my god king. They're people. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, not ends or, uh, yeah, means to an end, but ends in themselves. 
That's, mm-hmm. I'm going to jump on that because the objects people thing is, is yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So pull important. us forward. So like our first shot of Furiosa is the brand on the back of her neck, uh, the yeah. Joe brand. So we don't even see her face before we see that she's property or was or, but you know, is, she is property. Um, and so I guess now's as good a time as any to talk about this necropolitics and like the, the biopower yeah. stuff. We're not going to get into it because I, I have just learned about it too, but it's basically, it comes from Foucault and then uh, the, or Biopower was from Foucault, and, and then it was Umbembe. Yeah, was Umbembe that that? is necropolitics, um, and it's the idea that if you are, for all intents and purposes, within society, the way you function, if you do not have autonomy and freedom, you are effectively dead. Every like you have no, if you don't have elements of choice, you are dead. And there are like degrees of this, right? So, hey, workers, like a true slave, sort of like how you has, sell your time and body and its functionality just to keep going day to day and pay your rent. You might want to listen. Dan, it's we like get this. it. <laughs> no, Dan, I'm not at the back of the class smoking. We don't have time <laughs> to go through your socialist agenda as much as I love it and talk about it with you every Revolution day. Revolution is coming. Like, uh, <laughs> it better be. <laughs> but so the idea is exactly that. Like the mm-hmm. the more degrees removed you are from f- full autonomy, the the more degrees of effectively dead, politically dead you are. Right? You are you are now no longer. A person, you're a carcass. You're an object. You have uh, value. Um, right. You're a resource. You don't have resource. agency, like Sarah was saying before. Exactly. So, like Babe in his story, the story of Babe the pig. Oh. He is a pig, and he lives on a farm. And he learns that his role is to die. And wait until he is big enough to die and be eaten. And he doesn't like this, so he's trying to find ways. I haven't seen Babe in a while, but he's trying to you're find ways. You're gonna be a big fat pork chop, aren't you? Yeah. You're gonna be a big. That's a line. I'm it is. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So I can see the woman saying it. Uh, but so he he learns how to uh, herd sheep because he's desperate for a vocation so that he can generate value and not loo- forfeit his his right to personhood, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, yeah, and then, you're giving me whiplash going back and forth from Fury Road to Babe so yeah, hard. Yeah, it, so back to Fury Road. Like how much it works. That's the part yeah. that's fucking me up. Sorry, please continue. No, yeah, it, and that's it, right? So so this idea of who's property and who's a person is very, very important. And so Furiosa instantly identified as a slave. The only scenes that have really happened before we start properly are Max losing his freedom. We see him out eating lizards by himself with his long flung hair. His car gets then blowed up. Yeah, he, he's blowed up, he's grabbed, he's shaved down, he's tattooed with ownership information and universal donor stuff, like he's a resource, he's tied up, he's gagged, he can't even move his body, he's now just literally being harvested for blood, like he's a cow. Um, and then yeah. we, go from, we go from that to inside to Joe's little like elite chambers and we see like all of the the women who are being pumped for milk and then we yeah. see Rictus take a big gulp of milk. Big oh. titty gang. <laughs> you see the, big uh... titty gang in the club. Yep. Ooh, got the milkers out. Okay. Ew, gross, yeah. Sarah. <laughs> Shout out to our family. Got the milkers out. The only audience to this show. <laughs> Uh, you must I'm cut sorry, this. Sorry, Grandma, <laughs> if you hear this. I promise. Oh, I'll, ca- I'll literally call you. cut it Calling all out. from church to apologize. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was going to say this is also another excellent shot at showing the disparity with how these people live. The God King has all these crazy resources and access, and his power comes from withholding it from the wretched people outside. 
Yeah, and he's like the the divinity really is convincing, right? Like with the flood of water he can create and like the shining green on the top of these rock pillars, this aquifer. Yeah. And like the giant like his logo, which is basically like his head sort of on fire or a skull on fire. It's probably a word yeah. for like the he's got his own Olympus, right? Like that's where the godhead lives, is this place not accessible without the command of a bunch of slave kids working a big yeah. door. We could talk about the fashion of Mad Max a lot well, because his like god suit of like the ab oh, yeah. medical device oh, yeah. and his lungs and his really cool voice box like it all mm, that that what is that that's a convincing god king yeah you need to like it but it's a total lie it's the wizard of oz that's um he's he's barely functional but he needs to yeah. be seen as not just functional but like yeah he needs a little boy divine. to blow cocaine on his back every day <laughs> That's the best way to do it absorb through don't the knock it until you try it <laughs> he was actually a lot more proactive than i remembered him being like there's another character yeah, that is like immobilized with wealth essentially and big yeah, feet. gluttony yeah but uh, joe's like taking his sick convertible monster truck over uh you know ramps and shit he's he's out there he's in the mix it was more credit than i was willing to give him before because but that and that's just it like he's not he doesn't care about his empire and being a good steward of or ruler even like he cares about what is his property and like he will not suffer the insult of like his property asserting personhood uh and, and and that's great how like the cannibal guy and the bullet farmer are both like this is so stupid. Like, oh my god! Like, the world is, is a military rough and we're wasting project. all our shit. Yeah. <laughs> we have a surplus of war rig benefit and yet no schools. What is this? <laughs> and, and Joe's like, yeah. dragon roar. <laughs> yep. Which he literally does at the end of this movie. It's oh, very good. Uh, so back to the thing that I was trying to set up 25 minutes ago. The first shot of Furiosa is the brand on the back of her neck that shows that she was or is a slave. And Max is all locked up, right? Um, soon, as soon as we get close to the the war band catching up to Furiosa's war rig and the fight starting there, so Max and Furiosa are now near one another... There's this, like, moment where they both look at each other with, like, sadness and understanding right in the eyes. Just, like, right in the middle of a Hugh Jackson action sequence. But it's, like... Did you say a Hugh Jackson sequence? (laughs) Sorry, yeah, the Hugh Jackman sequence. (laughs) Wolverine is there. He's Australian. Yeah. Why wouldn't he be there? Uh, but it's it's those that happens again with Nux and Max later on. Like, at, when Max is sort of loose, but not loose yet in the same chase. Um, I think they're really important because it's like we need to actually establish some humanity between these characters who are going to start disengaging with the, like, disposability of human life all around them. Yeah. Or something. They're certainly about to question it in new and fun ways. Because it's like the the floodgates open, right? Like, Furiosa's, like, had this revelation about, like, the rights of uh, people in general, but women specifically, and these women specifically. But now it's like, it, it conveys really successfully this idea that she's looking at things differently. Like, she comes off to me as, like, surprised with how she's gonna interact with and trust max or like how quickly it's happening maybe but it kind of makes sense like the floodgates are open in this intellectual kind of way yeah she's all of a sudden seeing people not just as like 
uh, desperate survivor kind of thing, but as someone actively trying to build a better world. She wants to redeem herself, and that's through yeah. changing how she is. And, like, she does, for, for, for all that being said, she doesn't lose her, like, instincts or her, like, she doesn't become naively trustful of people, but just the the possibility is there. Mm. Oh, definitely, yeah. She, yeah, that's a good way to put it. She doesn't become naive. She's not weakened by her increased awareness that, hey, people are people. And the cool thing about action movies is she doesn't have to say, like, you know, Joe, I think we could do things differently around here. She just... <laughs> like you can't reason with this kind of patriarchal nonsense and maniacal cult leaders you gots to use action you gots to use two hours of car chase yeah which luckily is her wheelhouse hell yeah can uh can we do the feminist agenda uh we definitely can we're or is uh, there we're, more no the best laid plans always fall apart right like we do it then. we haven't well uh, as long as we have it on record that you have to ask men before you, are- you can do the feminist agenda. Before we'll allow it. <laughs> We're really getting into the spirit of it. Pretty please, can I talk about women? Misandry is my understanding of... Yeah. Ah, you know what, that's not fair. Never mind. <laughs> I'm going to cut white feminists a break. <laughs> no, yeah, don't. Uh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> as the middle classist whitest dude... I think my input is important here. Yeah. Good job, feminists. Oh my god. For the last hundred years. I have also become Baron Harkonnen anytime I think of my, race, or my place in the world. I'm going to do a quick thing here. So, okay. like, like if, if, so, again, not an important, an important distinction necessarily, but if there are two protagonists or two protagonists, ugh, I hate it. Yeah. Oh. I hate it. Um, like, Max's story is definitely easier to frame in the context of, like, being around Furiosa. Like, he wants to survive. He says it explicitly when we meet him. He's alone. Um, I have to survive. And then we find out it's because I let people down and it made me sad. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, he wants, again, his want is to survive and his need is to, like, stop feeling like he just needs to survive or, like, open up, connect with people again or forgive himself, however you want to frame it. Mm -hmm. And, like, because Furiosa's need and want is to, like, improve the lives of others and, like, save them and, and eventually to, like, overthrow this, like, primary injustice um, in the existing society, he is, like odd he's he's amazed both by the things she can do and her uh like total refusal to give up at any moment and i like that part of the way he's learning that is by the things he sees her do and part of the way he learns that is like by fucking fighting her and he's like <laughs> I, I i love her the way she fights she's just like they established that max is uh probably stronger than she is um like in a very specific she sense doesn't give up like she never she, stops she's mm. just she's going like- He's drinking water and he can't get it to work, and she just charges yeah. at him. That shot like, is incredible. Like uh, in the moment, he holds up the hose just a little too high, where he's like stretched himself and half obscured his vision. She's already like closing the fucking, distance. Yeah, yeah, sprinting, wrench ready to go. Ugh. Yeah, she she's always just like grabbing at things around her and just moving really quickly like forward. She's doing it yeah, with one arm. And again, 
I'm going to talk about like style more than the substance of it again real quick, but the like continuity of all these micro action sequences is so fucking staggering. How many bullets How they many have? Bullets? Where the knives There's are yeah, that's... involved or like bolt cutting is trying to be attempted during like, and you have to keep awareness of like, where are the cars in relationship to the war rig? This shit It rules. feels so consistent. It, like we grew yeah. up in a generation of like shaky cam, dark battle sequences where it's like, we just want to imply that totally. violence is happening. This is all center frame. Check out how cool this shit is. These yeah. characters are just as invested in this as you are. I've seen everything. <laughs> <laughs> For real, though, you actually like it's the only action movie where you can actually see what's Entirely. going on. Um, and, uh, it feels that especially way. with like so much practical effects involved. You just have to be so floored by the performance of everyone that worked on this movie. Uh, speaking of bullets, like I, I do love how they like keep track of bullets in a very specific way, and and just little details like that. Uh, Furiosa, I'm pretty sure, does not miss one shot in this movie. Oh. She lands. Well, yeah, and they have that part where um, Max is trying to shoot in the dark with, with a long gun. Oh, yeah, gun. so amazing. He misses twice, and rather than like you know do it a third time when they only have one bullet left. He immediately gives it to Furiosa and uses and himself helps. as like a stand. Yeah, yeah, it helps. It's a yeah. D&D mechanic. Not- I'm going to assist in this action and give you advantage instead of, you know, a man who can't do a task being sad and butthurt about having I'm not going to ask for directions. I'm going to help. I'm not going to ask for directions. And sure, and, and Gladys. That's the best part yeah. about Max in my mind. And that's, uh, we've already talked about this a little bit, and I'm glad we have a chance to bring it up now because, like, there is a lot of, there was a lot of conversation around this movie between Max and Furiosa, right? Because it's like Furiosa stealing our man's action movie and, like, tricking us into thinking women God are good damn at it. anything. Yeah, imagine um, being catered to so often <laughs> that when, when an awesome movie like this comes out with the narrative is like, are they stealing from us? <laughs> they, yeah. How dare they trick me into watching a movie about women? So, you guys remember the, the, boycott essentially uh, or like the yeah. i remember the, that it happened yeah so it wasn't really a boycott no. it was one guy writing a blog right. and i think it got picked up by that uh anti-feminist site return of the kings which mm-hmm. how dare they steal the coolest title for the worst kind of blog like yeah. gross like gross the fucking clan trying to uh appropriate the triforce Pepe? i won't let them oh, no yeah. the triforce is very good <laughs> Um, <laughs> it was it was interesting because this guy was purely looking at it based on the trailer and thought like Furiosa's in this more than Max. This is like American culture that they're stealing <laughs> from men, and it's like first of all, it's Australian. Yeah, yeah. So like get your facts. Everyone right. in the movie is Australian, bro. Everyone in the movie, <laughs> except Tom um, Hardy. And second no of all, the main character is still Mad Max. Like the movie title was originally between Fury Road and Furiosa, and they went with Fury Road because yep. they knew it would get more men to come. <laughs> yep. And like, God, it, it's so like basic. this movie's for guys. I don't understand what part of it isn't for guys, except for the fact that there aren't like a lot more nipples out. Like, what? <laughs> what do you need? What do you need? Yeah, there's plenty of sexy in this movie still. Like there's plenty of sexy. As there's though that's important, but like, bad I'm afraid to say it, but I think it's like you know, there's no woman as object and reward, right? Like the old yeah. Like, yeah. like problem of go save this princess and then and then what? Like you leeringly wink at it. It's awful. 
the kind of expectations that sets up. It's so frustrating that we can't win. Like they use the term Mary Sue for Furiosa. And it's like, she was literally in the army for 20 years. (laughs) She was promoted through the ranks. She was a slave and she's still doing this with one arm. Like I get that not all women could do that but why are you thinking that not a single woman could do that like it's possible we watch movies about people going to space and taking their helmets off and surviving somehow and it's like this is the thing we watch movies about like absolute buffoonery i mean vanilla sky (laughs) and it's like and you're gonna question a woman being able to drive a truck and like shoot things (laughs) yeah in a world where those are the only two skills and like again it's also like a shitty argument because there are other women in the movie that can't do that there's like you don't know how to reload these guns or it's going to take us a little longer because we're not good at this (laughs) we've never been exposed to this we haven't trained to shoot and fight for 20 years God damn it. I, it's just, you can't please everyone. I get that. But I don't understand why this has to be a political yeah, you issue. you have to want to be when pleased. When it is just a good <laughs> this movie. This is on them. The, Mary Sue is a nightmare term. I, I wish it's it was gone. Because it gets used for everything. It gets used in video games where there are no women. Like, people <laughs> oh. are just complaining about a character that's, like, too powerful or something. And I'm like, please. That's the- fucking point it's of the like, game is well, to be a super powered person well like, or like what? in novels like anything like it's not it's not it's supposed to be a term critical of women who are yes. able to do things and i already just don't really feel like we need that term no it's, it's one of those <laughs> dog whistle things like when people are but like i'm for law and order it means they want to kill minorities <laughs> but it also just like the idea that it becomes this complaint about like character in fictional story is pa- is powerful and capable and i'm like if I can't get them there, where am I going to get them? Like, <laughs> please let characters be capable of doing cool things. Exactly. So we can see cool things. And so many movies are about men that are given miraculous powers right next to a woman that is more capable and, like, I know. more better suited to the task and, like, like relevant Lego to the movie. Character. It's The Matrix. It's Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. It's, oh, it's super the Matrix. Yeah, right? Uh, like, I think it's even called the Trinity, like, problem sometimes. Like, the same way yeah. one of those problem tropes is the sexy lamp we talked about earlier. <laughs> where, like, <laughs> is she really a character? If you could just have a sexy lamp there, nothing would change. Oh, my God. So you could not... There's no lamp capable enough to replace Furiosa. Damn right. No. Uh, so part of this discussion about like quote unquote action movie legitimacy if a woman is in it (laughs) end quote whatever uh is this idea this discussion around like okay well so it's max and furiosa all the way and like part of the way that we establish that furiosa is cool is by like max's recognition of her and the three of us talked previously in planning for this about like what that means in the conversation of like the, again, the hopeless and endless conversation of is blank movie like a feminist text? Right. Uh, <laughs> and we're not going to have that conversation here unless we really want to. Well, but like, I think yeah, the important thing is... I was is, about to. <laughs> like, I mean, we, we definitely can. Because I well, I think... Okay, I don't. I won't say what I assume our opinion on that would be. But so, Those, in, terms of, in terms of Max legitimizing Furiosa in some way... Um, I think that that does happen, but uh, I don't anymore think that that happens in a way that where it undercuts the the power of the text or the significance of the text. No, it follows like, the path of the movie where we learn everything as Max learns it. 
Exactly. So, and this is what I was talking about, right? Where I feel like really Max is the protagonist because this is another one of those examples where like we're using him to learn about and to establish through like this character that we feel we can relate to and trust, even though like, yeah, I have, yeah. I have so much in common with a dude who could go like a day without water for sure. <laughs> um, I love eating lizards. All the time. I love eating Alive lizards. I love doing a push-up to escape being chased. <laughs> was he? He um, was eating a lizard while he was peeing. <laughs> That's yeah. efficiency. Not Calories, you so can't burn them on. in the desert willy-nilly. But even if it is this, like... It, even if it is in some ways disappointing to someone that, like, they feel like he needs to... You know what I mean? Like, sort of surrogately acknowledge this character for us. Mm. Like, yeah. e- even if it is a cynical strategy, I think it... So what because it probably did work for a lot of people who like in other circumstances would have been those like meninist dudes but like watch this yeah well okay i hate that we have to do it in short but i think we still kind of are getting out of that room out of that realm so for the time being it couldn't hurt to get more people interested in this movie you know? Oh, this is why like, we hit the note. Uh, you have just unlocked the codex of why my notes from our pre-meeting uh, said Schrodinger's penis. Beep, 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 right, because it's <laughs> it's just one movie. There's not enough data points for it to be like, is this good for feminism or bad? Like, there deserve to be movies that hit some notes and not others. Like, it shouldn't be its job to fix cinema yeah. altogether. For sure. Like how every movie with black people in it has to establish how bad it is for black people in America or in different parts of the world. Like there should just be movies now where like there's a guy who can fight dragons or something like a black guy who just does it. And we don't have to go through all of Yeah, we don't have to be like, wow, you sure did stuff to get here. Like, well, and like, it's a toxic way of thinking in general. Like it's reductionist and we like it because I mean. it yeah. feels representative. But it's like the thing listening to Yurong about in general and this week, like where Vanessa Williams is expected to be like representative of, of all black people to white yeah. people for black people to become palatable for white people. Or the way that OJ played it, for example. Right. Like, yeah. And it's this really um, slow trend. Like uh, gay people went through it in Hollywood too, where they were, you know, like used to be villains that were othered by gay or just like uh inconsequential and then they sort of did the like best friend that is magically smart the whole time right like we're still sort of in the tail end of that oh my god they had that trope for black women too. yeah black people in oh my god yep a a wise person to confide in maybe it's morgan freeman (laughs) so bringing it back into furiosa yeah we got some genre issues (laughs) yeah yeah that's all so I think the expectations are like a weird thing when anything gets as big as this movie did, like, especially like it's weird in my mind. It occupies that sort of cult place as well as the like overwhelming pop success thing, because <laughs> yeah. like there are some people who are real hardcore about it. And like, I think it really did resonate with a lot of like, you know, internet nerds like us, um, as mm-hmm. well as being like really successful. Generally. Yeah, it's like a concise, like really well-made piece of art that sort of like even though it is in the blockbuster genre, it's like this says a lot more than any Marvel movie, <laughs> or like you know, yeah. it's, it's not just popcorn fodder. Can we talk about the feminist agenda? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like we basically we already have were. been. So please, we, we got to scream were. at you There's... about it. So I think that's the yeah. most important part. <laughs> no, I'd really like to hear you. I... I'm sorry. I want to talk about the woman, the woman, uh, 
I want to talk about the different women in this movie because the cool thing about this movie and the reason I attribute it to like a feminist success is that it has a variety of women. We talked about this in Steven Universe, how that's fucking rare, unfortunately, to have multiple types of women, not just like beautiful blonde women or like one sassy black lady, which is the trope used in different things. It's like Uh, breaking out of tropes, right? So like we have the the beautiful princesses trapped in the evil tower. We have this warrior princess or warrior woman, um, ex-slave becoming her own woman with agency and power. Uh, we have these milk women who literally are just cows, essentially treated as cows, like in a factory farm. Uh, wow. And then we have they're given uh, um, uh, little dolls to hold, ugh. like pretend but babies. Those aren't real babies. No, they're dolls of babies. And I oh. think that's a thing to stimulate milk production or something. Like, I think that you do that with real cows. You have like a fake baby cow or something. Is that, <gasps> isn't that a thing? That's so that fucked. Like I don't know. I don't even know the things to me. I don't know any of these. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dark milk lore. <laughs> like, if you want to show people a reason to turn vegan, like that clip of the movie is a good reason because confronting like, just, reality is a good reason to do it yeah. and i get that that's way mondo hard yep. it's, it's like so hard, hard. For, i fail at it every day Society spent a long yeah. time distancing us from every reality of you know the horrors <laughs> of processed foods so i don't know what to tell that's you. right i choose to live educate yourself yeah. do it or, or don't <laughs> oh that's not the point yeah. that's not the point back to the women to the women. Uh, so, and then the next group would be the Vuvalini, um, the many mothers. The Vuvalini. Vuvalini. Uh, who are a bunch of older uh, Australian women. And they actually look like old women, which is cool. Like, they're wrinkled. They've been in the desert for 30 plus years. Um, they, they're smart. They're sharpshooters. Like, they know how to take care of themselves. They lay that incredible trap uh, with the hot one. Bait. Like, the young, the young screaming woman. Mm in a tower being like help me <laughs> and, and just to capture like stupid dudes i guess to like steal their stuff i don't like, know how many how much know. foot traffic they get out there like how long is it viable to sit someone in the bait position all day well they were there yeah, so it happens so, you know, more the fool i i mean maybe they saw them coming from yeah i think if you away. see them coming gotcha probably. That's you know what it. makes sense checks out but, like this movie has wait. It's like a creepy, cool world, and there are wait. different opportunities to see what. Uh, <laughs> we may have edited out the part where I talked about vulvas, and I was just wondering <laughs> if you guys wanted to uh, maybe Let's... have me still talk about vulvas. Yeah, let me just stop the I podcast. Could, I don't want anything <laughs> more. <laughs> There's nothing I want yeah, more in please, this life. Brother, to hear continue. my brother discuss. The Vuvellini obviously make you think about the vulva uh, because the name is derivative of the I already was. Vulva. And... I don't even know if I want to fall through this bit. I I just learned this week that the vulva means womb. Like, obviously, vulva means, like, the whole part. The whole... The whole bit. The whole bit. The front part. That is on the outside. Yeah. Uh, but it means, like, the Latin word for vulva is womb. And, mm. like, in the f- 1600s or 1500s or something, they, like, changed it. Uh, I don't know. And, like, the naming of the female and male genitals in Latin were, like, pudenda membra, which meant parts to be ashamed of. Oh, no. no. So, like, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like, wow. but so like at some point heard the phrase cover your shame it's, it's all yeah. the same thing oh. but so like at some point the that got you know mis- mixed up the things became somehow swapped I don't know and now we just say womb to mean the part that is definitely not the womb <laughs> right I, I don't I don't okay so this is what I found and what I found is not an answer it's just a what the what the hell is going on Thank you, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) What other words do you want to hear me say? Pussy? No! I'm just going to do the first couple verses of WAP if that's okay. Fanny? (laughs) Yeah. That wet-ass P word. (laughs) Ben Shapiro, if you want to come on our podcast and defend yourself, I won't let you. God. (laughs) Invite Rescinda. All right. So, back to uh, the women. So, uh, in many post-apocalyptic uh, movies, uh, stories, um, even like medieval stories, women don't have agency. And that's often because pregnancy is such a risk in life for women. It's a way to like control women really easily because it's it takes over your entire life and your body and you can't really control it that much. <laughs> I mean, th- there you might have the opportunity to be, you know, like Furiosa where you're barren or you might just get pregnant and have to deal and in this movie there's this incredible scene where they kind of weaponize that in a very interesting way so these women have escaped from um joe immortan joe with their his heirs right and he doesn't know if they're good or not like if they're perfect the way he wants them to be uh but he really hopes so because these women are you know not mutated not like the wretched women below so she, in an act of saving, was it Max or Furiosa, the the most pregnant of the bunch, uh, and his favorite, and his favorite, Splendid, um, shields them with her pregnant belly, and I think that's one of the coolest things I've seen in a in a show or in anything uh, post apocalyptic because most of the time, pregnant women are not seen or killed instantly. Yeah, <laughs> it is a super powerful shot and it's framed really well. Like it it, it does it just well, yeah, at the moment. Justice. In 90% of media, a pregnant woman means that, oh, there's going to be an elevator they get stuck in and some hapless man's going to oh have to deliver God. it. It's like not even about yeah. her experience. It's about it's wacky. Yeah, making it's- a man uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh my God. It's again, like in, in terms of necropolitics, it's like that. It's Or maybe not in terms of necropolitics, but along those lines, like... In terms of heroic payload, like that's you know it's a it's a woman who is carrying a baby life and like maximum unable to have any agency or do anything about anything. Like yeah. it's yep. like she's like a treasure chest. But now like Lieutenant a really glowing one. has to deliver while they're being kidnapped by space aliens. But <laughs> sorry, that's my first example of pregnancy shenanigans yeah. in TV. I'm sure well, there are. Others. I think about yeah, like um The Walking Dead. Do you remember that season where no. Rick's wife was pregnant? Well, I mean, good point. But uh, <laughs> <I still like. laughs> but the point is, like, it's so much harder for them to exist with a pregnant woman because, like, when your resources are low, it's impossible to make a baby, especially in, like, a war zone like this or, like, a, a terrible barren land. You can't support kids. So having a kid at all fucks you over completely mm-hmm. in a multitude of ways and that's been an interesting way that like women have been controlled throughout history and often Very in true. like yeah, especially uh, apocalyptic when it scene. represents such a health risk like the process of giving birth in medicine's not great it, like infection is almost guaranteed 
You got some doctor who yeah. hasn't heard of washing his hands yet. But it's a very oh. triumphant moment. Like it's it goes down into I feel like it's slow mo. Maybe it's not. It's just like a dramatic yeah. moment where the sound is like sucked away and she's yep. like full on like arms across the whole cab of the war rig. Yeah, it's great. Joe himself was like about to shoot Furiosa mm-hmm. with a cool gun. Mm. Couldn't yeah. do it though. It's a, it's a great moment. And again, and the then, music carries yeah. it. Yeah. And she gets hurt and killed, I think, essentially, or put into a coma and then the Amorton Joe gets her back and she is certainly mortally out. wounded. Yeah, yeah. She she the baby doesn't this make risk, it. she falls. Yeah. And uh he was perfect. A perfect baby brother. Yep. But <laughs> it didn't didn't work out and then the rest i guess is vengeance for joe or maybe the chance at a second and stolen property still attempt like now yeah, there's the audacity of not just have they taken things from him but destroyed something so he can't have it right like rich people don't yeah. like being told they can't have stuff <laughs> and again uh this is also just another good moment for like things being important there because like there's this the the guy his name is the organic mechanic <laughs> yeah. um and he's he's the one who does the max stuff where he's like tattooing him with his value and like that he's a universal donor and he's the one who's like doing basically the fails to save the life of splendid she dies he sort of like really carelessly and in this intentional way where it's like a butcher's block or something like rather than treating a human it body really with is. care the way yeah. he pulls the baby out and uh, the, he pulls the baby out and it's dead and like he's sort of slapping it around like a piece of meat and he's like playing with the umbilical cord and stuff <laughs> and it's 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 hard to watch but they, they don't like zoom in on anything too nasty but it's still like very hard to watch because you just know that that is not how you should treat human remains and it's just that they're not they're they are like property. yeah resources property things like piece, mm. literal pieces of meat and uh Joe, and then it frames Joe's reaction still as like, you know, just like a profound loss of resource rather than yeah. like a person who he was connected to. And then it gets into which is the, how we would expect someone to intense rip. old white guy stuff of like not only was it uh, wealth represented but legacy. Right? Yeah, your seed legacy. exactly. His and it, illusion. It was of important control. that it was a boy. Yeah. And up for the patriarchy to move forward, because this is a literal patriarchy. Like the, sure. the it's undeniable that the way it works is like there's a Marton Joe, then there is his <laughs> sons who are all well, fucked up. Fanatical devotion to him. And yeah. then there's the war boys who are literal like dying men who just do anything for him because he's promised them this afterlife. But like they're clearly upper in the rankings and then there are the wretched at the yeah, bottom a, who, like, like a warrior cast essentially of these exactly. radiated guys that really reinforce the live fast die young kind of thing because they are so actively dying literally yeah literally about dismantling this patriarchy yeah. and like returning and making something new so that's like something we should note and the last point i wanted to make was that this movie even though it was completely about young women escaping like their rapist and captor like they never showed that once which fucking little hand clap because there's too much out there right now where people are watching like i hate god i even hate saying it but like rape and like abuse of women to show suffering to like make us connect with a character and i think it's gotten pretty gratuitous and gross like yeah. game of thrones is the best example it of really that normal we, had it. To we used watch... to have a running bet when the show was on of like is, before i stopped watching it is this episode gonna open with gratuitous violent sex or brutal murder <laughs> yeah, all right. and it's always one of those two 
It's yeah. For an action movie can, that like centered around realism and like grit, it it could have shown this, and we we would have accepted it because that's what we do. It literally romanticizes the act. Yeah. It glorifies yeah. the suffering in a way that like is just unnecessary and this unhelpful. Movie, we didn't need it. We had the shot of the girls taking off that toothy chastity belt. That's all we needed yeah, to know. Exactly. That was it. And, and like, the looks on their faces when they're confronted with the prospect of going back. We talked about like, it yeah. too it's well acted. a bit in our Steven Universe episode. The idea that like it's a property we know we can go to and watch and not have these implied like microaggressions or established shitty ways of thinking that we've uh, internalized as a society. Yeah. Like, it gets all the points of an action movie across without that extra little like dig into your ribs of like, don't forget, this is gratuitously horrible. Could happen at any time. We're just going <laughs> to yeah. show you. It's like, that can't be the only way to connect to people. And this movie is proof that we don't need it. We don't yeah. need it. We we get the implicit, you know, the suggestion that the horrible things happened and we can move on from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, you've said it multitudes of times, like how some shows you can like easily feel comfortable like Steven Universe, and I think Fury Road is another one where I'm never upset by anything except when the movie wants me to be, and it never feels. I feel safe bad. in the genre too. I was gonna say yeah. another cool like feminist thing uh, is like it's very rare that you see a woman die the same way as a man. Like there's never mm. you That's know true. action movie cool the headshots. Head yeah, headshots yeah. is a big thing you can trace throughout film for sure. Oh, but wow. uh, when the Volvolini start dying. Uh, I, like I know it's like oh shit this is real as hell these old grandmas are in it and it's not like cutting away for effect and like women are too delicate to die this movie has very much uh, a lot to say about what women are capable of surviving and what people will do to them well and it still has both right because splendid's death is what i would call a more oh shit you're uh, right canonically appropriate death mm-hmm. but she's like sort of this she is this martyr figure and she's beautiful oh, she's yeah. she's got the scarring all over her face that is self-inflicted yeah and it's, um, it's doing like, the thing good movies beautiful. do with acknowledging the trope and then deviating from it <laughs> and yeah. adding to it well yeah. and, and i think that the juxtaposition of like you know, so what i meant by her more traditional death is like sort of it happens dramatically and then we cut to people's like scared faces and then we just we don't see her but it's like oh she's she's gone she's hurt somewhere yeah but like we're not going to see it. But then the way that her body is treated is like you know savage, very yeah. much at odds with that method of of showing uh, like a, a woman dying tragically. Exactly. And then as you yeah. say, yeah, like the Vuvalini are just fucking in it. They are tumbling around and fucking people up, and also getting fucked up in pretty upsetting ways. Yeah, the first one the, that gets hit by or run down by a car surprised me. I was like, yeah. surely she will survive. Yeah, she's she. Yeah, is that her name? They call her the Valkyrie. Yeah. Yeah, the, young, she's a, the youngest one, I think. Yeah, she was yeah. the bait. And then they do the, you know, they do what they need to do by having the nasty, uh, gluttonous cannibal guy be the one to kill her. And, like, he runs her over and he's like, ooh. Again, <laughs> for question. Is he a cannibal or is he just big? He is. Oh, okay, I didn't realize. They call him the people uh, eater. You really didn't hear no, any of dude. the dialogue. The people eater. <laughs> he was a one-eyed Bigfoot driving purple driving people purple eater. People. Yeah. yeah, he eats people. I think that's it for the feminist. Nope. Uh, oh, so I no? see. Yeah, 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 no, that's fine. <laughs> I decide when feminism is done. <laughs> <laughs> 
so like in terms of rounding out the story for Furiosa and finishing it off, I'm not going to go through everything, but like what I uh, I see it as like her want shifting into her need is like the the main turning point for the whole movie, like the the pivot point. So like Furiosa's goals are to escape to the green place, yeah. right? To take the wives to her old home. Um, you can't go home again, hero. You can't go home again. Home is dead and gross and a shadow of its former self. So what do you have to do? You have to improve the future. You can't run into the past. Oh, so you got to face then, those problems head on and tear them down. She's practical at heart. She's been a general for 20 years. She's surviving in the wasteland desert, right? She says that she thinks her their best odds are just to keep going and run from this because that's what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. That's what makes sense to her. And Max kind of helps her turn that around in a way that isn't my favorite part of the movie. It's it's fine. It's it's just like he they felt the need for him to be the one to the turning have point. the realization that you should turn around and go back and take take your future in your own hands or whatever. Yeah. And um, again like the apostolic thing I think holds yeah. up for that where like no Furiosa, I can see you're not just a failure. You're this person that is capable of you know redeeming mm. mankind. Yeah. That's and nice. yeah, so he believes in her her ability to do to help others, and it's helping him reflect on his ability and you know duty to help others to some degree. So his line is, "Hope is a mistake. If you can't fix what's broken, you'll go insane." It's a good line. His stuff is around madness, right? Like he's called Mad Max. Like oh. He's losing his humanity or whatever. Oh, is um, that what he's called? Yeah, no, that's really. Bad. He's not just angry Listen. Max. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> and so he see he's sort of seeing that Furiosa's on the same brink that he was before he went, you know, quote unquote mad in like the first that's movie at the end of the first movie. Totally, she is on the verge of having a bunch of ghosts on her forever. Yes, he couldn't save the people he loved, and it broke him. She's at a moment where he sees like the same thing in mind and based on his experience and he is sort of this like wasteland demigod i guess like he he's confident that their best chance is to um mm-hmm. face their problems head on and retake the citadel and it's i think it's yeah it's got some of that cool like we had talked about uh doing a read like is this a secret western and it's not but one of the cool conventions of it there's yeah there's an argument to be made for it and i'll happily get into that more i have this great quote from clint eastwood well this is about that but this uh, is a very western moment where like the people decide like we can be strong and we do need to stand up for ourselves against the bullies and there's a set piece like we can head them off at the pass essentially because like their whole survival is around these cars and they could bomb the canyon down and then the whole citadel army will be uh permanently removed from the citadel yeah it's and it's not a one-off like it's literally through the place that we we explored earlier in like the first main action sequence so it's not convenient yeah or like a contrivance kind of thing everything feels earned you can say this about Max too. Is like even if he is uh, like too crazy, and you don't want to buy his like emotional conversion to the Church of Furiosa or whatever, <laughs> it's also the most practical thing. Is like you can go in a straight line, but your resources will dwindle. There's no guaranteed anything. It's a bad plan. Yeah, because this lot is of resources this is Australia, and like yeah. it's pretty big. It's a pretty pretty big big. place, and most of it was already desert. Dude, (laughs) they might be at the ocean there. They're talking about crossing the Great Salt. Like, maybe there's no ocean left. I don't know. Oh, Oh. I didn't think about that. I didn't really look into it. Like a blasted salt flat. Yeah. yeah, We have no guarantee that the globe is the same. Because he's like, we're going to go 180 days that way. And I'm like, I don't know. Cars go fast. I feel like that's the ocean. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Then they end up in the Marianas Trench and a bunch of kaiju come out, and that's the movie I'm going to make. <laughs> Maybe uh, Mecha Godzilla is there. Sorry. No. And Mad Max drives Dan, it. we gotta oh. get you to Hollywood. Yeah. Get go, go, this go, go, man go, go. a script. Get this man a pen. <laughs> Maybe we could just sort of do the final thoughts on the final battle, final engagement yeah. to wrap it up. Like, yeah. Um, Would we count I, that as the after the cliff explodes? In like their, or that's, their that ends back. the final battle. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, oh, man. We didn't do a loot box segment because there's not like a mythical. There is Furios's uh, arm, which I think I we should talk about. I was going to say, yes. I just wanted to tie it into, like, a famous one-armed knight of history. <gasps> uh, yes. This German man, Gotts von Brechlingen. Okay. Okay, well, and, I actually uh, say his name so we can hear what it is. Gotts von Brechlingen. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, that didn't help me at all. <laughs> well, I'm not here to help you. I'm here to tell you about Gotts von Brechlingen. Tell us about German mercenary, imperial knight slash poet. He's uh, you might have seen a great Tumblr post around about him. Yeah, he lost his right arm in a battle and got this Furiosa style iron glove gauntlet kind of thing. Sick. He then just lived like a fucking rock star. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He was like the first uh, poet to coin the phrase like eat ass <laughs> yeah so he's wonderful he like yeah uh kidnapped a noble for ransom can i just like, say that the prospect yeah. of eating ass in medieval, medieval times sounds any time before running water and showers seems like a terrible idea pretty harrowing resulted he's in the bravest death. of us all <laughs> exactly and that's the arm legacy that furiosa takes i got nothing so okay no this is a good this is a great segue to talk about the arm because, like, the arm is really critical in the final, you know, engagement. Um, mm-hmm. So they're they're going back and they've got the Vuvalini with them and they've got Nux on their side and everybody's like, you know, feeling good about being actual people and maybe changing society, but not. I don't know. Are they hopeful? They're hopeful. Yeah, they have hope to some degree, but it's like they're they're up against it. Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like like some of my notes here. The final little fight driving into the cliff to try to blow up the cliff and, and block them all behind them is so fucking cool. The music is so dramatic, like really intensely melodramatic in a way that I love. They all help. Everybody in the team helps bring down Rictus in the mm-hmm. in the like triumphant moment before yeah. he goes I down. I love that. Like everybody's even the involved. Cowardice. Even the the one who wanted to quit earlier. Yeah. She does that incredible dupe. Where you think she's doing it again and then she's actually saving one of the what's she doing? She was saving um the one who was captured. Yeah, who had already been grabbed by a pole guy. By the pole guy, yeah. Um so like she she does that. Um Nux Max is like fighting him, which doesn't seem like a good idea. Furiosa like hits him at one point early and uh he's like gonna kill Max, I guess, because he's like a freak. He's like yeah, eight feet he's, tall. He's pretty big. He's, you know, Bane before Tom Hardy was Bane. And so like Nux oh, yeah. drives into him. Uh, and like, or like, hits the brakes, like which puts him at at risk, but like saves the wives and Max from having to deal with them. It's all so cool. And then like, while Furiosa and Max are doing their stuff with Joe, um, obviously Nux has like the big sacrifice. Yeah. As Rictus pulls the engine, rips the engine out of the truck, 
in what is like yep. the most glorious thing I've ever seen, screaming his own name. Like, <laughs> like that's how you do it, man. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty glorious. We could talk about the old definition of hero just being the kind of person that can do great that could things, do that. not yeah. moral things. It's, that works, and I like it in the Troy analysis that we sort of touched on earlier. It, it's a very nice moment. It's a very sad death, and again, the music is like swelling as Nux like flips the truck and like saves them yeah. all and dies and kills Rictus. Um, and then his the wife that he's been connecting with who I can't remember I think her name's Capable um, <laughs> they have great names uh, yep. she does the gesture that she's just learned from the Vuvulini where they like sort of signify someone's like spirit like going yeah. into their heart or whatever it really um, does like mimic the like see them into the next life yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah. I'm super into it, it's and it's super sweet moments and similarities to the War Boys. I yeah. teared up because he had oh, like dude, five totally. hot minutes of having a good life with a girl for a bit, right. which he never ever assumed that would be part of his life. And but then so, it's- sorry, I yeah, it, that's beautiful. I didn't mean to cut you off, but like in, according to Necropolitics, that's the only time that he was alive, and he's like wow. very happy to have experienced it, right? So it's I, like that's a really cool thing. That, I like, live, I die, people, I live again. Yeah, mm. in slave cons or, or like circumstances, like the only choice for freedom is sacrifice of the whole life. Like it is wild wow. yeah. and very powerful. Well, and it, I don't have another. Point. I've been listening to our Jesus episode, and it made, immediately makes me want to think about how like the bargain with Christianity is like you don't have a life, you don't have rights, you're barely a person, and we can't give you one. But like if you submit to us you can have the promise of having your own life after you die, which is ultimately the manipulation that comes to like, it's very appealing to people in terrible circumstances. And that's real rough. Yeah. Uh, But it makes a lot of sense. Like it follows. Good job, Nux. You are almost as heroic as Furiosa who like, okay, let's talk about the fucking Joe death. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, We should talk about redemption uh, to tie it up, too, because Joe starts his, like, cult speech with the water-flowing miracle, saying, I am your redeemer. Yes. Uh, We know from Furiosa's uh, crisis of faith that she wants redemption, Mm -hmm. like, she wants to be able to make decisions that make the world better, not just enact the will of the crazy system. Exactly. And... Tom, I've set it up. Now you make a point out of the Not things. Not it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So th- there are a lot of things that we come back to with this, and it's two two of the most like um, symbolically powerful it- objects, uh, or uh, yeah, 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 things in the movie. Furiosa's uh, prosthetic arm and Joe's breather. Um, mm-hmm. Right, like mm. it's basically his entire visual identity is the way his mouth looks like this, like demonic fake mouth with the huge tubes and like presumably some degree of voice amplification or whatever it's doing. Um, mm. and it's and you know everything. It's got the the bellows on the back, like it's a whole yeah. thing. Um, Furiosa's fighting her way into Joe's cab, sort of with Max. Everyone's helping each other to kill Joe. Not only does she need the help of like Max and the wives and ducks and the Vuvulini, um, but she does it with her prosthetic arm. Um, she like it gets caught in the wheels with the spear that she's holding. Like she uses the spear and her prosthetic arm and attaches it through the wheel. It gets caught on the wheel and on his breathing apparatus. And, uh, she says, uh, you know, remember me. And then he roars like a dragon. And then the, (laughs) the tires of his 
car, oh, which has, it's called the Giga Horse. Uh, so cool! And as it spins, its ferocious spin rips the uh, breathing apparatus and everything connected to him, like, out of him, like, basically ripping him open so from the mouth. So metal. Yeah, face down. But as she does it, there's that other amazing shot, and she just says, remember me to him. And I have been sort of vexed by that. Um... Hmm. It's yep. Do you think certainly awesome. He doesn't remember her as one of his wives. Maybe is that potentially no, he, it? I don't think so. Uh, like he, he Furios is not a surprise to him. She is his imperator. Like he wouldn't have made her that. It's. I guess that's a possible interpretation. Like he didn't know that she was. A we wife in the audience wouldn't know that. But like we wouldn't. It seems unlikely. We wouldn't. To me. Be yeah, exactly. So, that's tough. Mm. <sighs> Maybe it's just sort of like as she came. She's this. This is the act of them coming back to the Citadel. So it's like, remember me. Uh, uh, uh yeah. Maybe it's something about like their view of death and like the idea me. of like see remember this me. right to know it forever. Like validate my sacrifice in that witness but this. This she she sort of turns it around on. But hmm. yeah, then you'd think she'd just say the word. Yeah. I'm glad she didn't do that. It's, I'm glad it wasn't like witness yeah. this. Like, like I'm playing me. into your thing like, still, any, even as I kill you. Um, yeah. I want to talk about mm-hmm. how uh, I just realized that Immortan Joe has so much similarities to like Darth Vader in this like biomechanical man with the really cool deep voice who's like this huge looming threat to people. Yeah. He's not like a god king or magical the way. But he but he is and he's support you're you're like it's so important that he's like incapable of being alive without this artificial thing. And so like yeah. I didn't this is the last thing that I had. Like it's cool that to kill Joe um, she she needs to use her prosthetic arm in that sense, and it's going up against his yeah. like prosthesis equivalent. So like she is unhurt by this because she doesn't need her like hers. She's still amazing without it, but he can't survive mm. without his. So this is a quote from an article I found where like Furiosa will reveal her impairment, but Immor- Immortan Joe can never, and its removal is both the metaphorical and literal end of his reign. And that's like it's amazing. It's, they keep the corpse for yeah. Morton Joe and like show it to the the wretched the the citizens of the citadel and like that's yeah. just good politics right there. Like how else are you gonna establish that not only is the rain over but it's and your god of was me. shit like that, uh, yeah, <laughs> your god I, ain't I get shit. It. Yeah, not so godly. Nah, well, but she well, it's yeah. like she's the new god basically. They don't explicitly say that, but like you know. She's acknowledged that way because, like, by the chorus of War Boys letting her ascend to the Mount Olympus equivalent. The, shot, the, the movie ends with a shot of her literal ascension out of frame with, like, the glowing rays beaming through behind her. Like, she yeah. is literally ascending to the, the point of um, certainly hero uh, and, I guess, redeemer more specifically than god or hero. Like, she she's, like, she's done it. And, like, I like that we get a very, very visual representation of that. And then, uh, oh, I also want to ask you about the Max walking away. <laughs> oh, well, that's very How Western. Yeah, that uh, well, mm. it's very Wanderer. It's very, it's very Western. In some ways, I don't like it, but like the just the fact that he's smiling is important because he doesn't smile a lot in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt more like a we might make it more did. movies yeah. kind of ending than a closing the narrative arc kind of. Yeah. Ending. Do you want to stay? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you okay. later in the there was a slated Furiosa I think it's still people. happening yeah 
cool. Yeah, I think COVID knocked yeah. it back a year. There's, there's one thing important that I think for both Max and Furiosa that I would love to talk about. And it's it's in this in, this conclusion sort of piece. Like, So she kills Joe, um, and she's already been stabbed um, by... She gets stabbed by, like, a few people. She's stabbed by, like, one random dude. And then she just gets oh, sort yeah, of beat up. That makes his yeah, way yeah. In. So mm. she's she's doing not great. She's dying. Um, and she has, like, an I'm dying scene as they've... It's after they've won. Like, they're headed back to the Citadel, basically. But, but at, at what, what cost? cost? And, you know, yeah. she is the Redeemer. So both of our prospective heroes do have a death and resurrection. Um, Max, when he gets the arrow almost in the head that is avoided by the premonition and then wakes up. Um, you could probably... You could also argue that he has a death and resurrection after the storm where he like emerges shaking from the earth in like this totally beautiful yeah. shot where he like is no longer a slave now. Um, and that also gives his blood like narrative yeah. and symbolic power yes. when he uses the blood of a dead man oh, to bring her I'm back I'm so to glad life. you said that because I would have forgotten about that. That's the Hell scene where yeah. he, when he shakes out of the sand, he, he like the, the insane sound. like heartbeat. Yeah. yeah. And he, as he pulls out the oh. thing that's pulling his blood out. Um, but he keeps the cord, mm. and so or the the tube that they use for the blood transfusion. Yeah, and it's like on his shoulder. I love. Yeah, it's it. like, like a metal or don't something. Don't throw away anything. Yes, <laughs> like it's you know a Fallout game. I will pick up everything. That's the only place the Fremen would have nodded encouragingly. Exactly. That's good. Good tube. <laughs> quality <Sad>. tube here. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's a shame to let this. Tube and go. it is so. They the tube is the savior of the day because so Furios is dying. Chekhov's um, tube. Max is shook. And he's like, sort of, he's like, you you can't die. Like, I won't let you die. He hurts her to save her by puncturing the lung, which is like a thing you can do, I guess, when... It's like filling uh, with... People's lungs are filling up yeah, with Yeah, I don't know how that doesn't just kill you of lung uh, He does something after, like but, that. And yeah. he, you know, that scene is great because he, he sort of talks to her like warrior to warrior. Like, he knows how much this is going to hurt. He also knows she can take it. And then he chooses... To use his blood to save Furiosa when the 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 older woman says like she's losing too much blood she's gonna die there's nothing we can do, Max saves her with his blood so yes he's a universal donor this is like set up and earned and everything else, um but he's choosing to to give her this blood like we've already established that like people are things and Max is a thing of ridiculous value thanks to this random chance of mm-hmm. nature, um. And he's also someone that wastes nothing, yeah. and you know, yeah. isn't kind of need a your blood in the successful desert. survivor because you kind of need it, yeah. and he's already he, lost a yeah. lot. <laughs> like he's lost a lot. Yeah, he's, he's expressed unwillingness to give up anything that is his. Like it's precious because, as you say, it's like a hard life. And now he's willing to give his literal blood by his own choice to save this person that he loves and admires. And he also uses this moment to tell her his name, to tell everyone yeah. his name. Oh, like it is. It is a. Again, it's one of those signifier moments where, um, well, no, the character isn't telling us why Pyrrhus is important to him, but it's just very clear. Like, everything is very, very powerful um, that he is choosing to do. And it's, like, so important for that reading of the movie where, like, you're, the the power is in the choosing um, Mm -hmm. rather than in the taking of someone else's The agency. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Wow. I really like this episode. I do too. Because like Furios is so good front to back. Like there's not a bunch of her uh, like character that I find, you know, uh, tedious or like, oh, wow, Luke's a real Mary Sue. I mean, I guess he is. 
Luke Skywalker is a great example of it. Yeah, but I hate it. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to use that term, and it's rough. I like that as a thematic ending. The importance of uh, agency and what she's done with it, and the people she's bound to her because mm-hmm. of it, and the kind of change she can bring about in the world. Oh, that's the good shit. That's the kind of message I want. And this is an action movie that could have just been two hours of gratuitous fun explosions. It, but it's It's both. got surface it's and wild. substance. It's ha- it's got it for everybody. And like, you can't ask for more than that. You can't. It's no. It might be the perfect movie. It might be. We might have found it. Uh, perfect movie. I had a couple genre things to say. And this thing uh, Clint Eastwood said, you know, he's, I don't know if you heard of Clint Eastwood. He's done a Western or two in his time. And uh, he talked about, like, the thing that made it so appealing and popular to him and in his mind was that uh, Westerns are a genre of nostalgia. Mm. And, like, the power fantasy comes from, you know, just any man can go out there and make a life for themselves and like there's no law out here you gotta do it for yourself with a gun and uh like to counter that furiosa and the fury road there's not nostalgia this hasn't happened yet this is like the only way i'd call it reactionary is in that like the system stinks (laughs) the system stinks uh and she's decided to change it that makes her so much more effective than a lot of the other people we've covered i think yeah yeah, she really does cover a lot of different bases when I was thinking about it because she's she's an elite in this society, but she didn't begin that way. Um, quite the opposite. Yeah, she's not a nameless stranger the way you know Max kind of is. That would be the more traditional yeah. Western role of a savior hero coming to town. But we don't need that. That's yeah. been done. <laughs> and like that kind of rugged individualism is part of the like isolationist stuff that. Uh, you know, Max, that gets Max into trouble in the first place. He wouldn't be caught if he had, Yeah, you know. It's also, yeah, like, yeah. less compelling to be like, I hope a cool, powerful stranger changes things for me. <laughs> Is there a white person <laughs> that can save or solve all my problems? Yeah. Oh, no. Um, I see you, Shogun and Blackthorn. Yeah. I don't want to tell Hollywood what to do because I like being pleasantly surprised. <laughs> but, like, could you just make more of this a little? Like more though exactly and then it wouldn't be one movie's job to be like the most important feminist or the most despised misandry to the other side uh, it could just be a movie that's cool and everyone and we didn't really get into production stuff but basically this movie is a fucking miracle and like george miller was perfectly suited to do this and like they this was supposed to come out in like you know, he, at first he was hoping that it would have been, like, 1997, and then, like, it kept getting changed Ooh. and delayed, and then, like, they really started producing it in 1999 with this idea uh, that's really pretty close to what the final movie is now, in a lot of ways. And then 9-11 happens, they're, like, shooting in, or, like, producing in Namibia, they're everything but shooting. 9-11 happens, the U.S. dollar, like, you know, oh. has its not, it's difficult, terrible, no good day, and, uh, they just like literally close up shot shop and he's like, I'm making happy feet. <laughs> oh, that no. was his answer yeah. to 9-11. Let me heal America. <laughs> well, I like that more than Zack Snyder's answer, which was to make <sighs> 300 about why we should go to war For in real the Middle though. East. Yeah, happy feet Gross. is also yeah. great because it's about like a guy who has sex Penguins wrong. Fucking. And uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so he's ostracized from his like religious community. <laughs> Damn. Of penguins. penguins. Of, pe- <laughs> of Hugo yeah. weaving penguins. 
Yeah. And oh, Hugh yeah. Jackman. There's right? the Hugh Jackman connection. Oh, there good. We, we got go. two Hughes. Well, do you guys have any closing thoughts? About a war boy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that little actor, and it's so wild to me that he is now a grown-up radiated hero and not just a different Hughes uh, tiny teen foil. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I'm going to close with this cool George Miller quote, which might be like a, a phrase, like an idiom or something from Australia or something. I have no idea. It sounds like a thing. Anyway, it's pay no mind to the thunder, listen to the bird. Uh, on like filtering out the chaos in the artistic process and like, you know, honing in on like what's at the core of something or what's important. I just thought it was neat. Uh, I like it. Yeah, he sing your heart song. Yeah, it's saying sing your heart song, <laughs> but it's saying it in a cooler way, I guess, because the word thunder is there. <laughs> could you hear, could you hear <laughs> that thunder? Yeah. <laughs> George oh. Miller is a medical doctor. Wow. <laughs> He's a medical, He's a medical doctor. doctor. And not in the band nope. Men at Work. That's our own connection. <laughs> wow. I just, yeah, I don't have any closing thoughts other than it good. Movie good. Please Hero good. Watch. Furiosa, very heroic. More like this, please. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine if we just had only movies of this caliber to analyze the heroes of? Oh, my God. I don't think right. we'd have to. We could just watch it and yeah, have then a good time. We wouldn't need the podcast because life would just be fine. Yeah. Tune in next week where we <laughs> do John Carter of Mars. You stop that. <laughs> <laughs> Can't make me. I would rather do the angel dog man from uh, Jupiter Ascending. The Chad... (laughs) What is his face is? Pennington? Oh, boy. Who's the fancy Chad? Oh, he's... uh, Just kind of there after Dan (laughs) says fancy Chad. (laughs) (laughs) Who is the fancy Chad? Thank you all for joining us today. I've had a great time. Please tune in again. (laughs) Yes, they say goodbye, baby. Otherwise, no impetus for us to do it. Is it like a question? Like goodbye, babies? Say goodbye, baby. Because she's calling us babies. Shit. I'm calling all of us babies. I've thought of this a lot. We the world babies. (laughs) We the royal baby. (laughs) Goodbye. If you have an outro, I'm all ears. Uh... That can top goodbye, babies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, just do another clean take and then we're set. All right. Say goodbye, babies. Goodbye, Goodbye, babies. babies. (laughs) See, it's fun every time.